Are you sitting in a space where you are struggling with anxiety? Do you feel like a prisoner to the cycles of depression? Do you feel stuck in your own life and feel frustrated and lost, but yet you know there is so much more on the other side of this mental breakdown? I want to hold your hand through this therapeutic life healing journey. I will help you navigate emotional healing, spiritual growth, and taking massive action so you can align your mind, body, and spirit to completely transforming your life. You are worthy of the life of your dreams, of stepping into your power and experiencing your breakdown as your breakthrough. Hey, I'm Adi. I'm your therapist, your coach, your mentor. Join me as we heal your life together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Therapeutic Life Healing with me, Adi, your host. I'm so excited to introduce to you a friend of mine that I got to meet on Instagram. Gotta love social media for these ways that we get to connect with one another. Rachel Ree is a wellness expert, an online creator, and a wellness coach. And she is here to share with us her journey through cancer and wellness. And this episode is really important to me. And I wanted Rachel to be on the show to share her story with all of you because cancer touches everyone at this point in our world, whether directly or indirectly. And it's so important to start talking about it and talking about it openly. So I'm so grateful Rachel is here to share her story with all of us. And I trust this episode will be so helpful to you or your loved ones. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really grateful that you um, asked me to be on and I'm super excited to just share my journey with your audience. For those who are getting to know you on this episode, can you share a little bit about yourself and your services? Sure. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Rachel, and I am the creator of an online wellness guide called thedimplelife.com. And it's really a site committed to supporting your full self. So there's a lot of written content and articles all around self-growth, career, finances, relationships, and overall health and well-being. So it's really here to support your mind, body, and soul. I am also the founder of You Are Here, which is a digital wellness community that empowers you to cultivate holistic wellness, also with mind, body, and soul in mind, but really through connection and community with like-minded people. Um, that's actually where Adit and I kind of got started our relationship together. Um, she um, created some beautiful content around boundaries. Um, so I'm really thankful to Adit for that. And then lastly, I'm also a wellness and life coach, really um, supporting high-performing corporate professionals, overcome burnout and overwhelm, and really here to support individuals in finding their inner voice and aligning themselves with their values and finding more harmony in their lives. And my coaching style is really rooted in four components of feeling focus, ease, clarity, and grace in your life. So I'm really thankful to be here and to share my story. Thank you so much, Rachel. I, you know, been talking to you off record. I feel like the 30 minutes before we jumped on <laughs> to record, we pretty much had an episode ready to go. Um, and, you know, my audience kind of has already gotten to know the importance of vulnerability for me. And I would, you know, be totally inauthentic if I didn't share openly that, you know, my family is and has been and currently is um, going through another terminal cancer um, of someone we love. And 
people who have known and followed my story, my sister had passed from breast cancer at 37 years old and diagnosed at 33. Um, and, you know, we've had family members pass and uh, it's just hit our family really hard. And I know we're not the only one, um, which is why your story was just so important to get on um, and out there because early detection and hearing your story, sometimes we don't even know until it's, you know, later down the line. So if we can find some ways to prevent cancer and get checked early, I think your story is very inspiring and would just want to start there. If you can just share kind of your journey of how you found out you had cancer, when, what happened, and then we'll kind of move through how you are now today. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would love to start this story and say, you know, I was at a preventative checkup with my doctor and, you know, I was, I, I found out that, you know, I had cancer growing um, within me, but that's actually not the case. Um, what happened with me was um, I had just come off from leaving a very high stress corporate job um, where I was feeling that burnout, that overwhelm, and I really wasn't listening to my body. For several years, there were a lot of symptoms that I just ignored and didn't really piece together. And I thought they were sort of one-off situations um, where I was experiencing a lot of inflammation in my body, whether it was in my vision and um, it was impairing my vision or it was impairing my gut health um, and just sort of little things that were happening along the way. Um, but it wasn't until after I quit that uh, corporate culture and corporate job, about a month afterwards, I remember waking up and feeling excruciating pain in my abdomen. And um, I it was sort of like a sharp, sharp pain um, in my lower stomach. And I thought like, this definitely doesn't feel right. Um, but to be fully transparent, um, I actually hadn't had a period for about three years. And so I thought like, okay, maybe it's my period. Um, it could be like a menstrual pain. And because I hadn't had my period for so long, maybe that's why it was so intense for me. Um, and when I actually got up to use the restroom, I, you know, will go TMI here, but this is real life. Um, I looked down at the toilet bowl and it was red. It was just blood. And I thought like, okay, maybe is this my period? But it just like, it didn't look right. Um, and I remember trying to uh, get up from the toilet, but I couldn't get up because I was just sweating profusely. It was like I took, you know, two hours worth of a gym class. Um, I just was dripping sweat in the matter of seconds and I sort of lost balance a little bit. And so I knew at that time that I really had to go to the emergency room, go to urgent care and get myself checked out because something was not right. Um, when I went to urgent care, um, they actually didn't have the pain meds that I needed. They didn't have anything strong enough because I was also at that time throwing up as well. Um, so they sent me to the ER and it was at the ER that they did a CT scan and they did two actually, because the first one 
uh, they weren't really sure. They didn't do it with contrast, which is basically like uh, with a dye so that you can see things within the scan more clearly. Um, so the second time they did it with contrast, then they were able to very clearly see um, something that was abnormal. And after basically spending all day within the ER, the doctor comes in to see me and asks me these questions around, you know, do I have history of cancer in my family? And that was just such a shock to me because that's not how I wanted to start my day. I thought I was going to get, you know, all these things accomplished off of my to-do list. And it was just like, bam, complete 180. Here I am having to now spend the night at the hospital, get more tests done, um, and having to answer these really um, scary questions from the doctor that I just really wasn't expecting. So um, as far as, you know, the symptoms go, it all just sort of hit me all at once. And for that, I'm actually really thankful because had it just been, you know, stomach pains or had it just been throwing up or had it just been like one or two of those symptoms, maybe I would have been like, okay, I'll wait till the next day. And I wouldn't have taken it as seriously, but because everything just really hit me all at once, I knew that something wasn't right. And um, I knew that it was something that was a bit more severe. Wow, Rachel. I mean, I just can't even imagine how terrifying it was to receive that news. Like it's just, it, the word is so scary and big and, you know, not everyone has, you know, the opportunity to hear that it's at an early stage and sometimes it is at a later stage, or maybe you do go through chemo and it just, there's just so many different outcomes and what's so important. And I, I want people to really hear that you paid attention to your body. Like there was so many ways you could have dismissed that moment and not have gone in, but you didn't, you went in and that literally probably is what saved your life. And people need to really hear this. And I say this even to myself, I have a mammogram scheduled this afternoon. You know, my sister passed from breast cancer and it's like, you know, I've even waited and pushed it out because I'm like, oh, I just, I don't have time. I got, you know, I have so much going on. I, I'll do it next month, next month, but like next month turns into six. And then before you know it, if God forbid something is, a tumor is growing, I mean, they grow quickly and you could be, you could have caught it at stage one or two. And now it's like maybe three or four. Um, what was that like for you, Rachel, afterwards? Um, you know, for anyone listening who might be wondering if they have cancer or maybe they're supporting a loved one who has cancer, you know, what would you recommend and how did you work through that after receiving that news? Absolutely. Yeah. I, you touched on something very important in terms of paying attention to how your body feels and paying attention to the little symptoms that you might be experiencing. Um, one thing that a doctor once told me is just because it's common or it's common in your life doesn't necessarily mean that it's normal. So for example, um, you know, I mentioned that I haven't had my period for three years. That's not that was my normal, but that doesn't mean that it is normal. And you also don't necessarily see the connections right away. Because um, one thing for me is that once the tumor was removed, the very next month, I started getting my period very regularly. And so this is a connection that actually my doctor hadn't actually even made. But if you are familiar with more Eastern medicine um, or alternative therapies or just different modalities outside of um, traditional Western medicine, you will see that 
you know, so much of your body is connected. So just because you think one thing that you're experiencing in your foot doesn't mean that it can't, you know, be experienced somewhere in your upper body, um, just to kind of give an example. So just be really mindful of everything that you're feeling um, and take note of it and um, always seek out more than one opinion, more than one um you know, answer from a doctor. Um, One thing for me that I definitely learned is that you have to be your own advocate when it comes to your health. A lot of times we can place so much uh, power in the person that's wearing the white coat. And, you know, doctors, they go, they have extensive um, training and they obviously understand the body at such a specific level, but they are also not you. So while it's really important to listen to your doctor, it's also really important to listen to yourself. So just make sure that you're advocating for yourself. If something that a doctor says doesn't feel right to you, then it's okay to actually go seek out a second opinion. So that is some um, advice that I would have to anyone that is experiencing any kind of recent diagnosis or any kind of trauma when it comes to your health, even if it's it could be physical health, but it could also be even mental health as well. You know, when it comes to seeking out help for your mental health, you know, just because, you know, you see a therapist for one session doesn't necessarily mean that that's the therapist for you. Like shop around and go try a different um, therapist because there might be someone that's better suited for you and your needs. So um, that's what I would say um, just in terms of advocating for yourself. And if you are a loved one who is who has someone within their circle um, that is experiencing some kind of trauma when it comes to their health, I would say the most important thing is just to listen. It is so important to listen with an open heart, listen with compassion, and don't listen to respond. I think a lot of times um, people can um, want to go into solution mode and problem solving and, okay, this is what the internet said, or this is what this expert said. Um, so let's go ahead and try this. But a lot of times when you are the affected person who is going through something that is traumatic, that is news that you didn't expect ever, it's really important to just listen to that person because it can be a very isolating experience to be experiencing something that's so unique. So it can be really, um, effective and just so impactful to have open ears and ask that person, like, how can I support you? What is it that you need? What do you need to get off of your chest? What do you need to express? And just be there to listen and support that person. Yeah. I think uh, you hit everything that I completely resonate with. You know, we're so quick to want to just solve and I'm guilty of it. You know, I think we're just wired that way as humans because we would just want to you know, make the other person feel better or make ourselves feel better. And without realizing, you know, we're actually causing more harm and um, instead of our intention is to help. So I think that's so important. And especially, you know, shopping around and getting different opinions. Um, and especially you have the privilege of having healthcare accessing, uh, accessing it regularly, getting those physicals. And if, you know, my aunt who had been diagnosed with colon cancer, I mean, for months she was going in um, complaining of like chest pain and like, you know, again, doctors are humans, they're experts in their field and there's really great doctors, but we're all, whatever field we're in, we're gonna also be humans and 
make mistakes, you know, and it's so important to be your own advocate. But she had gone in and the doctor just prescribed her a seasonal like allergy medication, thinking it was allergies. You know, a lot of her symptoms had mimicked that. And then by, you know, a few months had passed, that's when, you know, she was coughing up blood and that's when it became more concerning. And it, it went from like allergies to stage four colon cancer and then hospice. So it just was totally traumatic and preventable. And I wonder, Rachel, like, how was it for you afterwards? Like, what were some things you did that were helpful to you in your healing journey through receiving the news of cancer, like diet, exercise, uh, social, emotional support, spiritual, like, what were the things that were kind of your foundational support systems in place that helped you? Yeah. I mean, of course there are those like very tangible physical things that you can do in terms of changing your diet. Um, I started also taking a look at the products that I was using. I turned to all natural products um, because everything that we put on our skin goes into our body and the skin is our largest organ. So it's really important to just be mindful of ingredients and in everything that you use. Um, so that's kind of something very tangible that I think people can start to do their own research on, um, lean into a little bit more in terms of clean products and also um, leaning more towards a predominantly plant-based diet. Um, I was never fully vegan when it comes to um, my approach, but I definitely leaned more towards those dark leafy greens, leaning more into like the, the fatty fish, um, the omega-3s um, to reduce some inflammation. So I really tried to just clean up my diet, clean up my lifestyle. Um, I had already been working out quite a bit, but I added more of a mindfulness component to what I was doing in my life. So I really leaned towards breath work, which has been hugely impactful. Um, it's something that I think more people I wish would get into and talk about more. Um, breath work for me was something that really was such a huge release when it comes to my emotions and my feelings. There's so much that we bottle up inside and just giving yourself that outlet to be able to regulate your nervous system and to get in touch and process your emotions in whatever way that could be. So it could be through you know, being active and walking, it could be dancing. It could be just moving your body around, but um, everything that we're feeling inside, whether it's physically or emotionally, it affects the next thing. So for me, um, I really leaned into breath work and that was a huge release um, in terms of getting out so many emotions um, for anyone that's not familiar. Um, sometimes when you do breath work, it is not uncommon to cry to release those emotions in that way. Um, so if that does happen to you, you're definitely not alone, but that's something that I started to incorporate um, to better process and understand my emotions. I really appreciate you sharing that because, you know, we hear a lot of kind of the physical things people can do, you know, diet change to plant-based um, exercise, what doesn't get talked about, at least in my experience, is the mental health side, you know, what the person is experiencing, what family members close to that person are experiencing. And everyone needs a, a support system in their mental health um, to process what's going on while doing all the other wonderful things that are physically supportive um, to the body. 
Can you talk a little bit more about your mental health process through your cancer journey and what was helpful, what wasn't helpful thus far for you? Yeah, for me, um, writing was something that I really turned to. Um, I've always been someone who leans more towards writing, towards journaling, but it's something that I really kind of leaned into a lot more after being diagnosed. So I started journaling as a regular practice and journaling to understand and process my emotions, but also journaling for gratitude as well, because I found I found that uh, for me, turning towards mindset growth was really important to my healing. I noticed that when I would fixate on the fear, fixate on how scary things were, fixate on sort of the loss, I found myself to feel heavier in energy. But when I started leaning towards like, okay, what is it that I have? Like, what am I grateful for? And I know that sounds like so cliche because you kind of see it all over Instagram and social media, but having some sort of gratitude practice and leaning in more towards like, okay, how can I reframe this experience that I'm going through into something that could be a learning process, something where I can grow, something that I can get out of, you tend to then shift the power. So you're not succumb to being a victim to the disease or to the diagnosis. You then turn that experience into something that is empowering that could actually work for you in specific ways. Thank you so much, Rachel, for sharing that. I agree. I think mental health is just such also important factor and finding what works for you and what doesn't work for you, you know, trying different outlets. Um, But most importantly, just being aware that your mental health in some way is being impacted, whether you are the person who has received the diagnosis or a loved one close to the person that receiving support along the way is just very crucial to your process. Yeah. And also I want to add that, you know, going to therapy or seeing a coach or like having someone that is in a professional field um, and having an outlet in that way is so important because it's such a judgment-free zone. I felt like a lot of times, like when I would lean towards friends as well-meaning as they are and as how much I know they love me, sometimes it's not necessarily the support that I need. Getting support from a friend versus getting a support from a therapist is completely different because oftentimes a friend is there to, like I said before, to problem solve for you and like doesn't want to see you in pain and doesn't want to see you emotional and wants to fix it somehow. But when you are seeking therapy or in a support group of some kind of people that are going through a similar diagnosis, you're there in company that just wants to hear you. And I think that that is really important to have that kind of outlet and to also help you understand what your emotions are and to feel whatever feelings you are, because sometimes you can't name it. Sometimes you need that person to help you um, name it and to help guide you in that process. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, speaking of that, you know, being a therapist, you know, you I could not even imagine, you know, and it, and we don't as therapists, like provide therapy to our friends and family, people closest to us. You know, I am that, you know, as, as much as I've had experience in the field, when it comes to my friends and my family, because our emotions are just, there's so much wrapped up into it. 
I have to consciously remind myself not to be the fixer, you, you know, and I still do. Um, and so that's why not having like someone directly in your life in the day to day and seeking that professional who has the ears to listen for patterns and um, validate your experience and just explore without trying to fix and, you know, really positioning you as the expert in your life and helping you process if you have the means, so important. And there's so many ways you can access, you know, low budget, um, budget-friendly therapy um, or free support community online or in, you know, your local area. There's a lot of cancer support groups for family and friends and um, the person themselves. So definitely seeking those things out. Um, I also just wanted to add for anyone that is experiencing a diagnosis or going through any kind of um, serious illness, a documentary that I watched while um, I was going through my cancer journey was called Heal. And I believe right now it's on Netflix and it's such a good documentary that talks about the mindset, talks about um, just holistic well-being and taking care of your mind, body, and soul. And it's something that I found a lot of inspiration from, and it really helped shift a lot of those mindset things that I was talking about before. So if anyone hasn't watched that, I highly recommend it. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you mentioned that. It was like on my brain to, to name that with you and ask if you had watched it, but of course, cause it's really good and we're both mental health advocates, but that documentary, and there's a book out as well. Um, they have an Instagram account, heal documentary. It's just H E A L. I've been recommending it to my own friends and family. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out. They did a really good job with that documentary. Um, really good information as well. Any other uh, resources that helped you, Rachel, while we're just kind of on that topic, books, podcasts, um, brands that you like or use or anything to just share that you ha that has helped you? Yeah, um, I'm a really big advocate for activating your senses. Um, so that could mean, you know, whether it is smell through essential oils and just creating a calming environment. Um, our environment really affects our mental state and it also affects our physical state. Everything is connected. So if there's an opportunity to create more of a calming environment, I'm all for it. So essential oils is something that's really big, something that's calming, lavender, um, helping you go to sleep. Um, a lot of times our thoughts and our, our mind can be racing at night. Um, I know that that was the case for me. So finding ways to really calm your nervous system down, um, especially at nighttime, that was something that was really impactful. And then, of course, like leaning towards those meditation apps. Luckily, we're in a time right now where meditation is so accessible. So you can even turn to YouTube or, of course, there's Calm, Headspace. Um, those are all really wonderful. And I believe Headspace actually has journey or a category specifically around cancer. And that's something that I listened to at the time. Um, so those are some really tangible resources that I think could really be impactful. And then, of course, yes, heal documentary um, and then also learning about the blue zones. So that was something that was really important. So there's specific areas within the world called the blue zones where um, people have the longest longevity and the longest lifespan. And there's specific things within each blue zone um, that are commonality. So it does have to do with their way of life. It has to do with the food 
they eat. So definitely recommend that. And then there's also a book that I read. Uh, I can't recall the author. I believe it's Dr. Michael Greger. Um, you'll have to double check that. But the book is called How Not to Die. And that's all about... Um, what foods we can start to eat to um, increase the length of time that we are around. So um, those are some really um, tangible ways that I hope can help people um, live well. Yeah. And there's um, a book called How to Beat Cancer. I think the author is Chris. I don't remember his last name, but if you Google it. Do you know it, Rachel? Yes. Uh, I don't know the exact book name, but yeah, he's he's really big on YouTube um, and has a whole cancer community. He's someone who was also terminal. I can't recall which cancer he had, but um, he beat it. And it's just an inspiring story. And that's what's really important when you are going through a diagnosis. Constantly keep yourself inspired. Um, keep yourself in that sort of healing mindset and while at the same time feeling your feelings. Thank you so much, Rachel. I know you share your journey openly online and you have your services. So where can people find you? Where are some best places to point them to? Yeah, on a day-to-day -day basis, um, you can definitely keep up with me on Instagram at Just Dimple It. And um, I do have a couple of blog posts that I've written that are very specific to my cancer journey, and that's at thedimplelife.com. Um, so those are probably the two best resources. And if you go to thedimplelife.com, there's a whole about section um, that describes my services as well. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with me around coaching or around you are here community community.com, which is my community-driven um, holistic wellness community. Yeah. And I had the pleasure of doing the boundaries training for the You Are Here community. And it's a, an amazing group. Uh, so highly recommend joining that and checking Rachel's information out. I'll leave it also in the show notes. And before we end, Rachel, one, I want to just thank you so much for being here, sharing your story so openly. This is such a personal uh, topic for me and filled with so much passion to get that information out to people. So thank you for being someone who's willing and open to talking about it publicly. I think that's really brave and hard and you do it with such grace and ease. And so thankful we got to cross paths in this lifetime. And as we end, I love to ask this question of all my guests, but what is one life lesson, something just intuitively coming to you that we haven't said yet that you would want to leave listeners with to close? Can I have two? <laughs> you can have as many as you'd like. <laughs> Absolutely. You make your rules. <laughs> well, the first is, and we did kind of touch on this, but I just want to close with this is um, we live in such a reactionary society. I think it's really important that we start with ourselves in being preventative in nature, whether it comes to our mental health or our physical health. So it's really important to be preventative in terms of checking yourself, whether it's for cancer or for anything else, just making sure that you have your doctor's appointment scheduled that, um, you know, there's something that I sort of uh, adapted from a couple of my girlfriends who um, have cancer or have gone through cancer. Um, they do something called feel it on the first. And it's just a reminder that every first of the month that you check yourself, if it comes to your breast health or anything around your health, um, just having that monthly reminder to 
um, make sure that your body and your mind are aligned. Um, I think that's really important. So just being as preventative as possible. So that is number one. And number two, kind of in line with that is that time is so precious. And if you are thinking about waiting on doing something, um, or you think that you have all of the time in the world, um, the time is now and the time is always going to be now. And the best time to do anything and to take action on anything is the present moment. So find ways now, especially if you are sort of struggling with fulfillment or feeling aligned or identifying what your values are. I think we're at such an interesting time in society, especially coming out of this pandemic to really be a bit more mindful and be a bit more intentional um, in our approach to how we live our life. So just know that the time is now. Um, seek out support um, wherever you can when it comes to being fulfilled or finding that alignment that you're looking for. Thank you so much, Rachel. I love that you shared too. Those were really both so good and hopefully get to have you back on someday. Thank you for your time and being here. I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I trust that you took away some gems, some highlights for yourself in this episode. And I want to invite you to dive deeper with me if you'd like to schedule a one-on-one -on -one personalized healing session where we can really dive deeper into what's coming up for you, what you're struggling with, if you're in a place of transition in your life, whether that's relationships, careers, if you're struggling with boundaries, and we can really unpack that together and create a breakthrough session for you. Go ahead and email me at hello at aditc.com. That's hello at aditc.com. It's also in the show notes. I also offer a virtual master course that's a therapeutic life healing master course that's virtual, self-paced at home. And it's guided with slides and videos of me really walking you through a three-week structured program that will help you learn about boundaries, understand fear in the brain and how it has shown up in your life. There's journal prompts and guided meditations. So go to aditsi.com and click on virtual master course.